You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast hosted by Marquise Rawls. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer because I know everyone is fresh off of the Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell fight and I know you want me to talk about it. I know you just want to hear about that fight so I'm going to get straight into that one. The fight was amazing and anyone who was like me and who doubted Ryan Garcia, I think we all owe that man an apology. And I will be the first one to start it off by saying, Ryan Garcia, I apologize. I'm sorry for not being a believer in your skill, in your talent, in your heart, in your work ethic. I am now an avid believer and I'm a fan and I have faith. I have the utmost faith that you will be a big star in the sport of boxing. And Luke Campbell being the, uh, he's not an elite level fighter, but he, you know, he's borderline elite. He has some big fights where he came up short, but he still is a really great uh, contender who always puts up a good fight. He's, he's really tough. He's smart. He has good boxing IQ, good ring generalship, and he came to fight. But that knockdown that he got on Ryan Garcia in round two, it was absolutely beautiful. It really was. I really rewinded it like five times, like just to watch it again, (laughs) because it was he literally fake like a little body shot jab. Then he just came up with a big left and it was so clean and flush on the chin and Ryan Garcia, he did not see it coming, and he just fell down. He fell all slanted on his arm and everything. Ugh. I know his shoulder was hurting for like a good couple minutes after that. But he got back up. He didn't back down. Uh, he had some good defense. And I'm going to just talk about the uh, overall fight now because a lot of people were criticizing Ryan Garcia for things that um, he, he was doing and wasn't doing. But I... I'm not going to focus on the criticism, okay? I believe I've criticized Ryan Garcia enough, even though I haven't done it too, too much, but, you know, he he's young. He's only, like, 22 or 23, so he's young, so uh, I'm not going to go in on him. I'm going to give him the utmost praise because that's what he deserves right now. His speed is real. I used to say that he was, like, a novelty act, uh, something like American. I believe that American. A good fighter, really good hand speed, but... After the hand speed, American, he doesn't really have anything else. And I thought that was going to be Ryan Garcia. Um, but that is not the case with him. Yes, he got dropped. But he took that punch like a champ. He got back up like a champ. He fought his way out of there like a champ. And he fought Luke Campbell off of him when Luke Campbell was trying to get him out of there like a champion. And I respect it. He has the heart. Of a champion. His jab, that's a pretty, pretty good jab he got there. It's fast. It got some snap and pop to it. And he wasn't just uh he wasn't just throwing it like just to throw it like a lot of um young boxers do when they teach you that the jab is very important. So a lot of people, a lot of young boxers, what they do is they just throw jabs just to throw it. But Ryan Garcia, he didn't get into that mindset and he was using his jab uh, very good, very effectively. I'm not saying that he used it as good as 
the upper echelon of the elite pound for pound grace, but he used it very well. It helped set up some big shots. Um, his defense, even though people was criticizing his defense because he was getting hit, his defense was actually not as bad as people were saying it was. It was pretty good. Uh, did he get hit with some big shots? Of course he did. Did he get hit with some very hard body shots? Of course he did, but it's Luke Campbell. This isn't some regular journeyman who doesn't know how to throw a punch, who doesn't know how to set traps, who doesn't know how to put himself in position to get good punches. It's Luke Campbell. He landed good punches on Lomachenko while Lomachenko was in the Matrix. So let's not act like Luke Campbell. He don't know how to how to use his boxing IQ and get crafty enough to land big punches. If he could do it against Lomachenko, he could do it against anybody. So there's no criticism on Ryan Garcia's defense. His power is real. It's true and it's real. I'm not saying it's explosive. I'm not saying he got he got that that one punch knockout power. But when he throws them punches, them them lightning fast punches, you feel it. And Luke Campbell, he was feeling it. He was taking it pretty well in like the first five rounds or so, like five and a half rounds. But then the body shots was coming. And y'all already know Ryan Garcia, he's getting, he's going viral for his body shot challenge on Instagram and social media and TikTok, what these new kids are using. And the body shot challenge, it's no joke. It's no joke. After this fight, ain't no one want to do the body shot challenge with Ryan Garcia no more. Don't don't even invite me to the gym no more. Once you talk about body shot challenge, I'm hanging up the phone on you and I'm blocking your number. Don't call me no more for no body shot challenge after you just did that to Luke Campbell. Don't call me no more. The body shot was mean. I saw Teddy Atlas make a post on Twitter saying that uh, the way that Luke Campbell, he um, was in his defensive stance, you shouldn't do that. But Ryan Garcia, he was tagging him t- to the head uh, quite a bit. So he more so focused on blocking his face, which left his body open. And Ryan Garcia, he just, he dug so deep into the liver and it got him out of there. And once you, once I saw Luke Campbell go down, right? If someone goes down by a body shot and they go down like on one knee, they're going to get back up. They're a little hurt. Needed a couple seconds for a breather, but they're going to get back up. But it's two things that they would do that lets you know they're not getting back up. If one, if they lay down on their back and they like lift their legs up like their knees to almost their chest, they're not getting up. Or if they get down on all fours, knees on the canvas both gloves on the canvas like Luke Campbell was. That's how you know that person is not getting back up. And you know they're not getting back up because that is the only position at that moment that they could find when they aren't in agonizing pain. That is the position. If you've ever been hit hard in the stomach or if you if you have ever been hit by something with great force to the stomach, you know it knocks the wind out of you and... It's hurtful and painful. And what you try to do is find the best position where it's not as painful, where it is the least painful. And sometimes those two positions is the positions you 
instinctively go to. So once I saw Luke Campbell get down on all fours, I knew he's not getting back up from this. He's not. And the fight was fantastic from start to finish. Round one, both of them, you know, they're just, you know, little feel around trying to see how everything's going. Okay. Round two comes. Luke Campbell's like, you know, he he tried a couple things out. Then he realized, oh, I can land this this big loop and left. And he lands it and knocks down Ryan Garcia. I already know everyone who bet money on Ryan Garcia. They were scared. They was clutching their wallets and their purses. They was clutching their checkbooks. They started calling up their bank and was like, yo, freeze my account. Don't let nobody take any money out of my account. Freeze my account. That's how everyone was when they bet on Ryan Garcia after round two. Round three came. Ryan Garcia said, nah, I'm not going out like that. You want to take me out, you're going to have to work like you never worked before. And he was fighting Luke Campbell off. And Luke Campbell, he had great ring generalship. Like I said before, he was putting himself in a really good positions to land big shots, to land a good body shots and everything. But there's something about when someone like Ryan Garcia, who's strong, who's tough, and he did make some slight adjustments. Okay, I'm not gonna act like he didn't make some slight adjustments. There were shots uh that Luke Campbell was landing, like that same shot, that same big left that he landed to knock him down. He wasn't really landing that so much later on in the fight because Ryan Garcia he made the adjustments. But as the fight went on, you could just tell that Ryan Garcia he was taking the fight over by round four. There was no debate that Ryan Garcia He's up on the points. Like, even though he got knocked down, he made it up by winning round three and round four. Uh, you could debate round one. It, eh, round one, it doesn't really matter to me that much. But going to round five and six, you could tell that uh, he's up on the scorecards because he's winning the rounds. And he he started applying a little bit of pressure, not too much pressure, because Luke Campbell was mostly the one coming forward, which I figured that that would have been his game plan. Usually, Ryan Garcia, he's the one, you know, who comes forward because he's the younger, more energetic um, person. A lot of people that he fight, uh, he's stronger than. But I think Luke Campbell thought if he applies the pressure, it's going to sort of make Ryan Garcia be a little bit more uncomfortable. But what he didn't um, count on is Ryan Garcia, like he said after the fight, he's a natural counterpuncher like a lot of these American boxers are. They're all natural counterpunchers. They all have that Floyd Mayweather mentality where they just want to counterpunch uh, with combinations and land big punches and knock you out. And Luke Campbell, shout out to you. He tried. It was an amazing effort. But Ryan Garcia, he's the real deal. He is the real deal. So what is next going forward for him? He said he wants to fight Tank Davis, which I still don't really get because doesn't Tank Davis technically like still campaign at 130? I believe he had like one or two fights at 135, but I think most of his success came at 130. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I, I don't think I'm wrong. But he said he wants to fight Tank Davis. Tank Davis should have no problem coming up to 135, making that fight happen. Um... And then after that, fight Devin Haney, which is just a personal recommendation of mine. 
I know with this win, he becomes a mandatory fighter for Devin Haney. But they said that Ryan Garcia, he might be big enough, a big enough star where he could just, you know, fight who he wants to fight, which I don't think he is just yet. Uh, There's a lot of politics in boxing, and I just don't think he's reached that that star level status. I just don't think he reached that star level status just yet to just disregard his mandatories or or disregard who these organizations is telling him to fight and he fights whoever he wants to fight but if they say he is and then he is okay a couple more fights that i did watch on these fights they're not that new but just a couple things that i you know had to go back and watch so let me just find out the names of these people first i saw the fight between david morrell and Mike uh, Gavronsky, Gavronsky, I believe is how you say his name. And that was just, it was just a bludgeoning by David Morrell. And I felt bad for Mike G. Can't even say he put up a good effort because David Morrell, he he took the fight on short notice. And he still did that to you. It it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, David Morrell, you know, he looked good. He looked strong. He looked like he has, you know, a, a pretty promising future. I believe that was a super middleweight fight. And uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep my eyes on him a little bit. And, uh, you know, just see how how he performs in his next fight and fights uh, moving forward. And they're already talking about him fighting Canelo, which is the stupidest thing I heard. Um, but I'm just going to be on the lookout for him. Maybe he could get, you know, get some good names within the next year or two. Our last fight I'm going to talk about is another one I had to go back and see was Emmanuel Rodriguez versus, uh, let me get this guy's name, Raymark Gabayo. Raymark Gabayo. I probably botched his name up, but at this point, I don't care. Now, just watching the fight, to me, now, I always say I'm not no boxing judge. I can watch a boxing fight and I can, you know, judge it based on my personal preference of what I like. And, you know, just a little eyeball test. But the eyeball test in this fight showed me that Emmanuel Rodriguez won most of the rounds, at least like eight, at least. And even given a Gabayo four rounds, like even that's me just being, you know, a little nice. Like even like that's just me being a good guy at heart. Uh, but at the end of the day, they said that Rodriguez lost. I believe it was, was it unanimous? A unanimous decision? I might have to look that up again. But they said Rodriguez lost the fight. And they gave Guy Bayo so many rounds, which I did not understand. Rodriguez, it looked like he controlled the pace of the fight. He had good counters. There was times where he even stunned. Um, he even stunned Guy Bio and like not saying that Guy Bio he wasn't like doing good things because he was landing some good shots and he was the aggressor for most of the fight, but most of his aggression it was like useless aggression. If you're coming forward throwing punches that your opponent is blocking, he counters, then he blocks another one, then he counters, then he blocks another one, counters, then you finally land one. You don't get no points for for you being aggressive. You you lost. You lost that round. It's just, you know, just different things that 
judges look at that they like when they're watching the boxing fight because a lot of judges they just like aggression no matter if it's good aggression effective aggression or if or if it's useless aggression they just like the aggression they like seeing the anger in someone's eyes they like someone charging in head first and coming forward on the attack even though if they're not really doing much me i don't really judge around like that i judge around on who's being more effective who's doing more damage who who is implementing their game plan a little bit better who is landing more punches and who is actually doing more to win the round so you know it's just different things that judges look for uh, if you disagree with what I think, if you think that Rodriguez actually did lose, please write in the comments and tell me why. Because I'm always up for the debate, okay? But that is all for this episode. Um, 2021, new year, new boxing fights. Only the best boxing fights for 2021. 2020 was a very long year. And it ended... As far as boxing, it ended actually pretty good. December was actually a really good month. Had some big fights. Uh, starting off January 2021, really good with the Ryan Garcia epic victory. So let's just keep this steam train rolling on. Let's keep the momentum, boxing fans and the promoters and the zone and PBC and Golden Boy and, and Top Ring and everyone who is behind the scenes of these boxing fights. Let's keep the momentum going and make more big fights with big names so we can watch it all. Okay, that's it. I'm out. You were just listening to the Floyd Podcast hosted by Monkeys Rawls. Come back for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so.